man, there has been a lot of high strangeness regarding strange shaped craft, UAPs, Chinese satellite balloons, other odd goings on, and watching the reporters in the mainstream media squirm and make jokes reminds me of just how serious this actually is. They can't seem to handle it. They can't deal with it seriously, and they can't deal with the profound implications this may have for the future of our civilization. On tonight's podcast, we have the one, the only, Danny Silva of the Silva Record. And as usual, he is going to explain in a way that we can all understand what to expect when it comes to this high strangeness. The alien explanation definitely is something that will be covered. But the discussion is going to go into an array of dangerous and different corners of this and even a little bit of conspiracy theory. But he's a stand-up guy. He never embellishes. He never sugarcoats anything. What he says, you can take to the bank. That's why he is my go-to guy when it comes to a lot of this data and information and what it all means for humanity. So buckle up. And prepare to blast off. Come blast off in my time machine. Third eye feeling like an evazine. Blast off. Blast off. Blast off. Blast off. Come blast off in my time machine. Third eye feeling like a knee. Vaccine blast off. Blast off. Blast off. Blast off. Real quick. Hey guys, if you have not subscribed to Hero Paranormal on Patreon, you're missing out on a ton of content behind the paywall. Go to Patreon, look up Hero Paranormal, and subscribe. You can also get to that content via Podbean at HeroParanormal.com. Now, Speaking of amazing content, we have Danny Silva. He is the go-to guy. He is going to break down what is going on. All of these strange craft, sightings, military shootdowns, and the close proximity of all this and what it all means. Danny Silva, welcome to the Hero Paranormal Podcast. What's up, Ryan? How are you? Man, I am. I'm good. I'm totally weirded out and wilded out by all of the recent UAP uh, activity that's going mainstream on the on the news. And I know that you're, you're kind of my go-to guy when it comes to this stuff, because when it comes to disclosure, you always sort of have your hand on the pulse. What in the world is going on? Have, have you heard anything new? And in, what are your thoughts of this whole thing without going too too into it? I've just been, uh, you know, I've been following along basically like everyone has, and um, I think a lot of what's going on, the, you know, the UFO community talking heads, I'm one of them. I'm not so sure if uh, this is like go-to stuff where we could be asking sources, quote-unquote. You know, a lot of us are just following mainstream. Um, You know, I am 
reading into uh, some of George Knapp's comments on social media and things like that. Um, but it's kind of funny right now. Um, a lot of the main guys in uh, the UFO community that we looked up to, you know, like uh, like that we currently look up to, George Knapp, Chris Mellon, Lou Elizondo, they seem to be saying these uh, incidents over the past 10 days or whatever it's been aren't, um, you know, what we would call non-human intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the UFO community aren't necessarily 100% convinced because we're just going by what um, the government spokespeople are telling us. But uh, whether this is non-human intelligence or not, it is kind of what I'm calling UFO adjacent because these are unknowns and um, tracking of them is being is a huge subject because that ties in directly you know, to UFOs because technically these are UFOs by definition. Oftentimes we call UFOs when we say UFO, we mean it's like non-human intelligence. So we just got to get our terms straight. But uh, everything is tying together now because of the tracking of these objects and the tra- and uh, the, what the government is doing about it. You know, um, I think your question was, uh, "What did I think is going on?" Yeah, I think um, I think basically, um, you know, I don't know for a hundred percent sure if these are non-human intelligence or not. We can kind of assume that they are, or assume that they aren't. Um, regardless, um, there's been these shootdowns. Chris Mellon has been saying that they changed the, what was it? I think it was the word he used was filters or something like that after the Chinese balloon. So uh, sensors, and I don't know if it was radar or what, I'll probably butcher the exact names even if I try, they were filtering out a lot of the smaller objects um, and they stopped doing that now after the Chinese balloon because that was such a huge international incident. I mean, that what, that was crazy. I mean, we had a balloon come over, and then there's a video of it getting <laughs> shot down for the whole world to see. Like, I, The coverage of the past week has been bigger than, I would say, even 2017 ATIP. Like, this has been huge. I think so, too. So, um, yeah. So they changed the filters, and now they're catching all this stuff, um, and they're not playing around, and they're shooting it. Um, so we're kind of getting to see more of a, a look into what's going on with crash retrievals that we always hear about in the UFO community, going back to Roswell or before, um, and some of this other stuff on how it's being handled and or mismanaged. Um, so it's kind of just been like day-to-day, hour-to-hour updates coming in, different press conferences, different objects being seen, rumors of objects, different shootdowns. Um, and I've just been following along with that and the different government updates and what they're telling us. There's been conflicting information, different shapes. It goes on and on. That was great. I, the reason I didn't want, uh, the re- I didn't want to hang you out to dry because I know a lot of people have been asked on podcasts like, what is it? And there's just, it's difficult to kind of put yourself out there. You're always in, involved with this community. So I didn't. That's why I said, let's not, you know, I don't, I want to know your opinion, but I don't want to hang you out to dry. And I'm really glad that you brought up George Knapp, Chris Mellon. And um, speaking of George Knapp, what do you think of the new weaponized podcast with Jeremy Corbell? It's awesome. Yeah. You know, um, those guys are great. They're friends of mine. They're also legends in the community. They've done more than anyone. They, um, they're just, I can't say enough good things about them. Um, I get burnt out on, um, you know, 
there's so much uh, uh, people chiming in all the time, and but those guys are like go-tos, and they, you know, I, I tell people to be wary when people say they have sources because it gets old. There's a lot of cloud chasing. People are lying sometimes, mm-hmm. or they'll quote a source they're wrong. And then that same person says they have info from another source and in the, in the UFO community gets excited about it right after they were just wrong and provably wrong. And it's, it can be ridiculous at times. It's kind of like a popularity contest at times. And I, I get a little burnt out on that. Whereas George and Jeremy, they're the real deal. They're the guys that people should be paying attention to when they have, say they have sources. So I can't say enough good things about them. And I never know what they're working on what they're, the battles they're going through or the information or what they have up their sleeve. And it's, it's always seems to be more. And now with this podcast, they're just unleashing a lot. I agree, man. I think it is great. I'm so glad they did it. I know they're both super busy. So this was kind of uh, above and beyond my expectations. And you're right. Everybody else seems to be grasping at straws and uh, saying a lot. And they are only saying the bare minimum, and they seem to be sitting on the haystack. They seem to be, you know, their their sources are legitimate, which I think is really important, and same with yours. And um, that kind of goes into my next question. Have you heard, other than Chris Mellon, has there been anything um, other than Chris Mellon and Elizondo out of the TTSA camp when it comes to this stuff? Um. I haven't seen anything, I don't think, from the TTS, any other TTSA guys. If they have comments that I've missed it, Elizondo has talked a little bit about it. He released a statement on Twitter. Chris Mellon's been tweeting actually a lot about this. And um, all of those guys are basically saying to uh, slow our roll. And Elizondo even put a comment, I think it was in the New York Times or some uh, major newspaper, and it kind of sounded like he was saying it was um, uh, you know, man-made and um and things like that but uh then there was the general yesterday and i forget his name he did the norad uh press conference and he said he can't rule out aliens and they asked him about it new york times asked him about it and he said he can't rule it out and that's up to the intelligence community and co-intel guys and then um today the white house uh spokesperson was forced to say that there's been no evidence of aliens of course they got a big laugh which i thought sucked because um <laughs> You know, we've been fighting stigma so far, so long, and we've come this far, and they're still, um, and they're still smiling and laughing. However, at the press conference yesterday, that was over the phone with the general, he wasn't laughing about it, and he said he wouldn't rule it out. And uh, I didn't hear any laughs on that because that was recorded, and that was really cool to hear. Yeah, I agree. Um, and your thoughts: Are these UAPs a threat to national security? It depends how you would, um, you know, uh, define threat. And, you know, we always go back and forth about this um, over the years, you know, hearing comments from people like Lou and people that are actually uh, veterans, you know, they're, they would have better opinions than me. Me, personally, just as a civilian, I would think anything in our airspace and we don't know what it is, to me, is a threat and is fair game to be shot down. That's just my opinion, mm-hmm. you know, especially after things like 9-11 and things like that, or we see these other huge drone attacks coming in other countries. People like um, massive genius reporter Tyler Rogaway from uh, Warzone, he um, has been screaming about the drone thing for a long time, and he's been giving evidence of it. Um, you know, it goes on. I think there was a huge attack in Saudi Arabia years ago. I mean, you can they can do serious damage just with drones. You know, Ukraine and Russia, we're seeing them use them now. So one little drone, that can do some serious damage. So I think it's amazing and great 
that the United States government is now taking smaller objects seriously. We need to be, we need to be protecting ourselves, and they need to be tracking what it is. And I, we've been saying this for years and years. Drone people and UFO people, they fight all the time. But they could be getting together in this and say, we need better tracking no matter what it is. And I think everyone can agree on that. Yeah, and I'm really glad that you mentioned that and the fact that it does seem as if these official channels are <laughs> seeing an uptick in the Pentagon's collection of evidence. And obviously, they're listening to the right people. It's, um, it, they have been, and um, but at the same time, I guess they've been lacking pretty badly. And it took the Chinese drone, or Chinese balloon, I should say, for them to change the filters and really take it seriously. So, you know, we get this conflicting information. We get different things going on. And, you know, they always say, well, the government isn't one person. Of course, it's different, uh, you know, programs and, and departments and everything. So I realize that. But, you know, like they, they did, uh, they created Arrow, which is basically their current UFO program. And um, but then today they just created another task force or something like that intra-agency um, to be tracking UAP due to um due to this last uh, week or two of uh, shoot-downs. So, but the, and then there's a lot of people saying, uh, like Marco Rubio said it on Twitter today, well, why isn't Arrow? Because we, he, they work so hard to do Arrow. Why aren't they just, you know, having Arrow do this? Um, which is interesting, and it's just kind of interesting to hear. Because I'm no expert on, um, you know, government ins and outs, and it was interesting in the press conference yesterday, the general said, was asked if Arrow has the lead on, these crash retrievals. And he said, no, it's the FBI. So I thought that was really interesting. Hmm. Yeah, because, and, and for those that don't know, Arrow is the all-domain anomaly resolution office, which sort of, I, I guess not technically, but in, in the opinions of many, you know, that aren't in the loop, such as myself, it seems as if they sort of took the place of the now defunct UAP task force. And it, 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 it was, is that your opinion as well? Yes, sir, they did. They took the place of that, and, you know, but before it was ATEP, um, I haven't agreed with everything we've seen and heard of the task force. I'm kind of skeptical. I feel like, me personally speaking, I don't necessarily trust them all, and that's not me thinking, like, they're doing wrongdoing. I just don't necessarily, like, I don't want to take their word for things. So if they're going to claim something, I want to see the work that they're doing. They need to prove it to us, please. Um, so... That was my feeling on the task force. After, you know, I, I was really big on them at first. Mm -hmm. And then we started hearing things. Chris Mellon was tweeting, you know, years ago that um, they were underfunded, understaffed, and he was basically bashing them. Uh, I don't know if he was doing that kind of for political reasons to motivate people, but um, they were kind of getting bashed. So anything um, after Elizondo left, like ATIP, I really still have a lot of, uh, I think they were great. OSAP, I think, was great. After Elizondo left and all that stuff uh, ended, then it went to the task force and now Arrow. I don't know what those guys are doing, to be honest. And um, they need to show us our, their work. They need to be transparent. If they make any claims, we need to see it. They can't say it's all classified all the time. Uh, we just basically can't, you know, they need to prove things to us. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with these government programs. Now, you know, something to note is this is only the transparent upper level of these UFO programs we know from sources and, and things from many years, and people argue about this, but I believe it, is that there are secret programs, even currently, whether they're in the government or in um, private industry. Those are the crazy secret, you know, uh, USAPs and waived USAPs and all that kind of thing, and I do believe those exist. So we're talking about two different things here. 
it's kind of the layer of the task force and the and arrow that may not even have access to the special special access programs, unfortunately. And that's what's uh, that's why the whistleblower language is in the National Defense Intelligence um, Authorization Act, I should say. And that's a whole other um, subject, though. Mm-hmm. Super. It's it's super interesting because I'm with you, and they they seem to be able to cover their cover their bases, and even like you said, the t- main talking heads. For example, of the UAP task force, were able to keep a lot of things under wraps for a long time without being these, you know, super secretive sub uh, organizations. Um, for example, Travis Taylor was able to keep this a pretty good secret, although he was hired on by uh, Brandon Fugel. And n- notably, I think that's commendable because that was his job. Um, another very interesting uh, thing that has taken place is the official terminology for UAP, where it used to mean unidentified aerial phenomena. They have the Pentagon, meaning when I say they have recently updated the official terminology for UAP to mean unidentified anomalous phenomena. That seems very provocative to me. Why do you think they've done that? Possibly. Um, I know that there's a push going on. It seems to be that there's a push coming from Mellon. And, you know, we know Mellon has the ear probably of a lot of um, these government officials. In fact, we don't, I shouldn't say probably, we know they do. He just posted today on Twitter a picture of him, Elizondo, and Gillibrand. Um, so they're getting a lot of stuff done behind the scenes. And I think they're also pushing the underwater thing. So that may be why. Um, I think they don't want people only looking uh, in the skies. They should also be looking underwater, among other places, probably. That is a huge, huge thing, and that almost seems to be, at least in what little I've gathered uh, from my sources, that seems to be under an entirely different level of secrecy. Have you noticed that yourself? I don't know. I don't know too much about the secrecy involving underwater. Um, We definitely hear less about it, that's for sure. Um, So I wouldn't doubt it if you're saying that. we hear a lot less about it, and it seems like it's a whole nother thing going on now to push that. Um, I guess now that they've made some uh, progress with the aerial situation, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't doubt that. And plus, you know, there's one thing we have civilian uh, airplanes in the sky. It isn't like there's a lot of civilian subs going around spotting uh, <laughs> people, so I would definitely get that. Yeah, there's a lot of safety risks involved if you have a private sub. And what are you doing with it, of course? And, of course, uh, another question that is kind of a little off topic. I don't want to go too off the path here. But with the war in Ukraine and uh, other recent conflicts and the use, the widespread use of drones, do you think that there is a possibility these are drones? And if so, whom do you believe they may belong to? Just from me hearing what guys I respect seem to be leaning towards, and I'm not saying they're saying it for sure, mm-hmm. um, it does seem like we need to assume that these are drones. However, there's a lot of things to get us UFO uh, people excited. And if I didn't have um, you know, some of these other guys saying that we need to hold our horses a little bit, I'd even be more excited because there's weird shapes. Um, they're, not, they're not being able to spot the propulsion. The uh, aviators aren't being able to identify them. They're getting shot down. Apparently, they're br- uh, at least one of them was breaking into a bunch of pieces. It wasn't like 
the Chinese balloon. Um, there's other things that people are saying, and I'm no drone expert, but they've been up there for days. So um, if they're regular drones with motors, I'm not so sure they'd be able to accomplish that. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe they have other some sort some sort of other thing where they're like mini balloons. You know, the um, general yesterday was being very careful to not uh, to say that they weren't balloons or that they didn't want to call them balloons because they don't know and they were calling them objects still. But um, I would assume that these are man-made. I'm leaning towards that, but I'm still a part of me is still excited because of the X factor of how weird this is um, and all the weird shapes that they're showing. You know, the guy. A lot of people um, have been saying that the East Coast UFO sightings with the gimbal and things like that were all advanced drones or some sort of weird Chinese-Russian drones. And some of those people, it's weird. You know, everyone spins things how they want to spin it. And a lot of those guys are looking at this as a win for them, mm -hmm. um, saying that this is them. Th these are the same type of drones that have been getting mistaken for UFOs the whole time, and they're not easy to track. They're not easy to identify um, and things like that. So I don't know if it's those. Or, of course, you know, maybe there's a small chance that they're actually non-human intelligence UFOs. I don't know. But I'm, I would assume that they're uh, some sort of man-made tech uh, until proven otherwise. But we can still always have that hope in the back of our minds and kind of go along for this uh, interesting, fun ride. And I, and I don't want to make light of it. It is kind of – some people probably think it's scary. For me, it's pretty exciting, too, though. It's super exciting. I'm right there with you. And I know I've had a lot of – People, even neighbors come up and they're like, what's going on? You know, it's time to ask the UFO believer. And it, it's strange because, yeah, this is one of those instances where it seems as if people involved or at least interested in this phenomena are actually being the rational ones at this point. And it seems that the mainstream is the one that's not being able to pal like deal with it. Um, something I find very, very interesting is the descriptions or lack thereof. Um, it, there are descriptions that are very Tic Tac like I've heard possibly, possibly even crystalline or glass like substance, uh, obviously no, uh, no obvious signs of propulsion. And some are even saying they have strings hanging off of them. Very Zeppelin like, uh, there's, there's a wide variety of descriptions and some of those are coming from other countries like Canada as many people know one was shot down over there and there is another strange thing taking place which is the possible malfunction of some of the fighter pilots instrumentation have you heard anything in uh in your research yeah that was the main um, report we were really getting excited about that came from cnn maybe other places too but i heard it from cnn and they were talking about you know sensors malfunctioning and we were thinking about jamming we're thinking about the tic tac incident you know where um uh, sensors may have been jammed or may have not been but that was a uh, part of the claim and um uh you know and i would talk to my uh drone um defense reporters over the years too and they would say oh well that's possible you know there is sensor jamming, you know, just among humans, you know, it can happen. So we have to keep that into consideration also. But yeah, there's sensor jamming, there's weird shapes, the propulsion is an issue, they're not being able to identify it. Now, the general said it was because the fighter jets and other planes are moving too fast and these objects are moving very slowly and they're small, so it's hard to get eyes on them. Mm. One thing I've noticed here is um, I'm seeing stark contrasts between uh, these events, what we're hearing about these events, and 
what we've heard from people like Elizondo um, over the last five years. Um, for example, Elizondo had a quote many years ago. I dug it up. I remember that it was from like 2018. And he was saying there's basically technology where we can see, uh, where we're able to figure out what type of drone it is, what, you know, what, you know, and spot it immediately. And, and basically, Elizondo was saying that there wasn't, shouldn't be much uh, problems with identification. And now we're having all these problems with identification. So I don't know if it's different technology going on or what, but um, they're claiming that they're unable to identify these. I don't want to jump to conclusions that that automatically means it's, you know, quote-unquote UFO like we want it to be. But, um, yeah, it's, a, it's just a difference in what we've heard um, on how good the, uh, you know, the pilot observers are, and I'm sure they're amazing. But, you know, we were also kind of uh, hinted at that, you know, pilots are able to identify these things, and they're great at it, and we should be listening to them. And maybe they are, but then again, over the last week or two, they've been having trouble identifying stuff. So... I don't know if we're getting, you know, just kind of different opinions on how things should be working um, or what exactly, but I'm just noticing these big differences now. Um, and we're noticing a big, lot of problems with kind of um, how uh, uh, things are tracked and things like that. And Mellon, Chris Mellon has been making that really clear as well. So we just don't have a handle on the airspace. And everyone's been screaming that in the UAP community. Defense reporters have been screaming that for a while. And um, it's just interesting now that they're finally getting a handle on all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's really important I, for, for listeners who aren't familiar with Chris Mellon. He's a former defense of intelligence official under the Clinton and Bush administrations and is probably one of the most important people, if not the most important person in this echo chamber, because he, he knows about the existence of well, I got to be careful here. I guess we all have to be a little careful here, but he he has been in those rooms, those closed door meetings. He is aware of recovered craft. And I guess that brings me to the next question. What if this UAP or UFO phenomena is much simpler than we think it is? Is that a possibility? It could be. And I don't know if Mellon knows of like UFO retrievals. Um, he kind of he tries to stay away from it. He watches what he says. He basically speaks like a politician anytime he's talking, and he doesn't do a lot of uh, he does interviews, but he doesn't do them super candidly. And uh, you know, like we see Lou Elizondo doing at times and things like that. Um, he did a Mellon also did a interview before 2017, before To the Stars Academy happened with Leslie Kane. That's the and one I was thinking of. A lot of stuff. Yep, that's the one yeah. I was thinking of. You're good. You're good. Yeah, and he um, he has kind of contradicted himself now as sounding more like a believer. So I don't know. He he had a lot of access, so I don't know exactly what he thinks. Elizondo has hinted a lot more directly mm -hmm. um, of of things. Um, I'm sorry. And what was your question? Just if, if this might be, it's, it sounds simple, but what if, I guess my question is, what if this is much simpler than what a lot of people are assuming? And I don't want to go, again, t off on a tangent, but I've heard of other writers and authors, researchers and investigators speaking of possible simple, almost amoeba-like plasma intelligences, or biological flying organisms that are just not known about mainstream. Again, it sounds very uh, science fiction-y to me, but it's something that I've been reading about uh, in, in the review of some of the research. And 
you know, it does kind of make me put tap the brakes a little and say, well, um, it's obvious that Chris Mellon is right and these other guys are right that these UFOs, for lack of a better word, unidentified flying objects exist. So I guess the next question is, what are they? And everybody always rushes to, you know, the end of, of the of the football field expecting, you know, a super high technological alien intelligence that far surpasses our abilities. And that may not necessarily be the case, but I don't know. I have no information on that. Yeah, and I still think that that's what's going on with some of them. I haven't heard too much about the uh, like the biological, like you were saying, like animals type of thing. I've heard that floated over the years, just that speculation, but I don't know too much about that. To me, the simple answer would be, you know, it's another country's uh, spying, you know, drones and things like that. Um, and then there's the other situation where it's like, you know, something else. I don't know. I, I You know, there's a lot of people that really have talked about bodies like the pop culture ufo description as being accurate and that always throws me for a loop it's amazing to me how the basic pop culture idea of ufos and aliens now not necessarily coming from other planets that's one thing that we um differentiate in the ufo community they may be coming from earth but that seems to me to be true um and i'm just it trips me out that pop culture kind of had these rumors and knew about this for decades and decades and it seems to be the case um, to me. Now, do I know that for sure? No. But we've heard, um, you know, you know, Lou basically came out and said he thinks Roswell is real, mm-hmm. um, if you read between the lines at least. And uh, if Roswell is real, then, you know, it would be like a craft in bodies. And um, I think that's probably what the secret programs have is pieces of craft and bodies or some sort of biological evidence. Some, think, some people think they have whole craft. I heard it was pieces. I don't know for sure. Um, so I think that's probably it. But but it also could be a number of things. So it could be also what you were talking about. Um, but yeah, to me, the simple answer is just it's another country doing spy with spycraft. I think you're right. For the record, uh, especially from a national security standpoint and the fact of just everything that's kind of been going on lately You know, they do seem, and by they, I mean other countries, China and Russia, do seem very interested in our military capabilities. And we are, you know, in in some proxy sense involved with the conflict over in Ukraine. So, I mean, it makes sense that they would want to have an idea of our military assets um, as, as to what exactly is taking place and activity there. And some of these areas that these have been spotted over are over military a- assets, you know. So I, I'm with you on that. Is there, you know, another very strange coincidence, and I don't know, this is getting a lot of attention in conspiracy circles, but it is the derailment of a train in Ohio, and it was a massive, I believe, polyvinyl chemical leak. And uh, have you heard about that or heard any rumblings as to whether that may or may not be involved, if that could be a terrorist event, or if there's some kind of, if somebody might be running cover on that? I've heard they're cleaning it up a lot under the cover of darkness, which in all actuality, I mean, they're probably doing it nonstop 24-7, so even working at night. But from a conspiracy standpoint, I'm hearing a lot of rumblings about this Ohio 
chemical leak. Have you heard anything about this? I have heard absolutely nothing about that, and it's intriguing. When, when Did this happen recently? Yeah, it was strange because it almost happened at just right in the middle of all these sightings. And I also thought it was interesting that I believe I could be wrong on this. Obviously, we had the Super Bowl, and you can't stop that. But I believe the press conference took place right around the same time, if I'm not mistaken. Is that true? The um, the shootdowns, yeah, it was during the Super Bowl, yep, with the general. Yeah, yesterday. so that, that seems super uh, difficult, at least, you know, for someone like myself who's very interested in that. It's like, dang it, we have we have this amazing, amazing debrief on live television, and of course, it's during the Super Bowl, so nobody's watching it. Yeah, I think it was audio only, but it was being streamed, but yeah, it was during the Super Bowl, people were... Um, you know, bringing that up. And the, one of the conspiracies that um, a lot of people in the UFO community are concerned about, since you were talking about conspiracies, is that, um, and I don't know that this is the case at all, but it may be kind of an effect of what's going on, is that there's going to be shootdowns, And it's kind of what the drone guys are claiming right now, that there are these odd drones, and um, they're going to try to attribute all of this to China, and they're going to try to say, all the UFO stuff, all the UFO things we've been hearing for five years. It's all drones. None of it is quote-unquote aliens or whatever you want to call it. And it's all these um, smaller, weirder, hard-to-identify drones because some of these do match up. Um, and they're going to say that the, what the pilots were seeing were all man-made drones. So that's one of the concerns in the uh, UFO community right now, that it's going to be kind of changing public opinion or D.C.'s opinion. Um but at the same time, we're hearing all kinds of other things about DC and whistleblowers. So hopefully that's going on too. Yeah, there's a lot. There's so much going on. And then we have this uh, out of Honolulu. We have over Hawaii, these strange lasers that coincidentally are recorded. The footage is pretty amazing. And it seems as if it is, in fact, a Chinese satellite. However, it seems to be that it is, I believe, rented from NASA or something along those lines. Have you heard about this at all? And what are your thoughts over the lasers? I saw a story on that, and I have not looked into it. Someone was saying it was uh, linked to Starlink, but I really haven't gotten into that at all. Yeah, that looks really cool. That technology looks amazing. I guess it's some sort of LIDAR or, you know, it literally is mapping the ground. But then it begs the question, you know, why would China be, and I could be getting this wrong, I don't want to hang myself here, but why would China be using NASA technology or NASA rented technology? But then again, you know, when it comes to space, it does seem as if there is sort of an open door policy, at least there, there has been in the past. And it, I don't know if that's going to continue. What are your thoughts there? Space is insane. And I, uh, there was a story and I didn't, um, I think I passed it up because I was doing all this other shoot-down stuff, but there was a story about a Russian secret satellite blowing up recently. Who knows what's going on up there? There's um, there's uh, all kinds of uh, secret satellites going on. There may be wars in space, you know. I don't know if I, it's not like guys running around, but we may be shooting down satellites regularly. Other countries may be doing it. We would probably never know about it. You know, one thing that's always funny to me, and I don't have any sources on this, it's just kind of a common sense thing to me. You know, we hear people like Stephen Greer, um, and just others that are anti-war, anti-violence say, 
we can't have uh, weapons in space. Don't put weapons in space. Don't put weapons in space. And to me, um, if I had to guess, it would seem obvious that they've had weapons in space probably like since the 80s or earlier. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a done deal. We have weapons in space already, in my opinion. Yeah. And, you know, it. it I think, you know, you're right. I think they've been there, whether we're aware of it or not. I've heard rumors, Just this, these are just rumblings from people that should be in the know, that Space Force has a fleet of something like 77 X-37Bs, which just sounds so mind-boggling to me. And they're up there doing something. Among other things, it could be checking for weaponization. I'm not sure. I kind of like the Robert Bigelow angle of, you know, let's just get a casino in space and everything will work out. Um, arguably, I think that's a great, uh, a great angle. But most Americans are not aware that this, that President Biden just signed into law this new legislation that w- basically Christopher Mellon has been speaking about. And I think, as you mentioned, this can be very relevant in what we are going to be seeing in the in the close future. Are you talking about the National Defense Authorization Act, the whistleblower stuff and all that? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's huge. And it's weird timing that these shoot-downs and this heightened push of being aware of drones is happening at the same time that we're hearing that there's all this um, progress going on with the whistleblowers. So it is weird. It's really, really weird timing. Going back to um, Bigelow really quick in space, um, you know, uh, the rumor was, and of course it's not proven, that Possibly some of the crash debris we've seen from UFOs over the decades may have been made in, like, zero-gravity environments. And, uh, you know, for a while there, when Bigelow Aerospace was still going, they were basically trying to do, if I'm not mistaken, a manufacturing plant in space so they could have zero-gravity manufacturing. Apparently there's a lot of benefits to zero-gravity manufacturing. So I just always found that um, interesting, but I guess it never uh, came to fruition, unfortunately. Yeah, it is. You know, I know he definitely, if anybody could do it, he he was definitely in a position to be able to dip his toe in the pool. And that process alone would, I mean, what an undertaking. But anyway, uh, back, back to government whistleblowers and the possibility that government entities have been concealing proof of an extraterrestrial presence here or near Earth. What are your thoughts on that? Is there, you know, we we all know about the case of Bob Lazar, and I think you mentioned Roswell, but there are a lot of other examples to that, aren't there? Yeah, um, in my view, there's been crashes, um, and, you know, people argue about this on social media all the time. You know, we say things like that, and people get mad. They say, give us proof. and But, you know, I'm just talking of what I think, and... Um, and what I hear and things, people that I trust and all that. Do I have proof of it? No. I think uh, there has probably been bodies. Maybe that's even extra weird. But um, I, I think there's definitely been crashes. I think, like I was saying, some of this pop culture idea of UFOs, secret government stuff is actually true. Um, and it has been for many decades. And it's been in the pop culture uh, you know, mind for many decades as well, which is just fascinating on how it leaked. And um, it's funny, too, a sidebar, people say, oh, well, if it's a big secret, you know, they wouldn't have been able to keep a secret. Well, I guess they didn't because it was, it's been <laughs> in movies for years. It but, really, um, yeah. Yeah, and I think, uh, I think a lot of this is true. I think I was um, actually asking around. I was started hearing that 
what we're worrying about is, you know, the Wilson Davis situation where if people aren't aware of it. There was uh, an alleged meeting with a scientist and an admiral, and the admiral told uh, the scientist, and the scientist was writing notes about it that, um, or recording, I don't know, uh, that the admiral was tipped off, found some of these secret UFO programs, the real deep ones, and he was told to kick rocks and he didn't have access, and he was like this huge guy. And um, so I was worried that that scenario has been going on over and over again. Uh, I haven't read the new Valet book, um, Forbidden Science. I think it's number five or something like that. But um, uh, I think there, I saw some quotes in there, and he was kind of talking about other people that were had the same experiences. Um, or even people that kind of were able to gain access but not able to, um, you know, tell, uh, basically prove it to anyone. Um, I'm not sure exactly what's going on, but I was worried that this Wilson scenario keeps happening over and over again, and maybe it has been for decades where people would find these uh, programs and they would be told to go away, you know, you're not on the bigot list, and sorry, and all this kind of thing. And I was worried that was happening currently, with the whistleblower situation. Um, I was thinking about writing a blog on it. Uh, I actually had part of it written. I started asking around more, and then I talked to some other people, and they were saying, you know, that they think the whistleblower thing is very successful, and it's in the um, National Defense Authorization Act for a reason. Uh, it's there because whistleblowers were on deck, ready to talk, and they needed protection. So I scrapped my whole blog. I haven't been writing a lot recently at all. Um, I've just been like a talking head on social media. And um, I was about to write this blog, uh, finish it, and I scrapped it. And now I'm positive about the whole situation again. And I think the whistleblower stuff is working. Um, I don't know for sure. It's just something I heard. And uh, I'm really excited about that. And that's huge, huge news. So let's say Congress has gained access to some of these special access programs. Um, they know they're there. They know UFOs exist. Uh, maybe even bodies. Who knows? My big question now is what are they going to do with it? Um, supposedly, you know, good things may be happening, but we're going to have to wait and see. I mean, they could all get squashed. Biden can say maybe they finally found out the truth and then they um, and now they're scared because they actually found out the truth and, and now they're deciding they don't want to tell the American public. So I don't know. There's a lot of these uh, threads going and now with the shoot downs overlapping it, um, it's really interesting. Um, I, they're kind of different subjects, but at the same time, it's, it's, they're kind of similar. Yeah. And you touched on one of my favorite topics, which is the Wilson Davis memo. And I mean, when it comes to this whistleblower legislation, Dr. Davis, Dr. Eric Davis is not the type of astrophysicist to be out there talking about things. And uh, I, th this all came about in a very interesting way. And I think that although a lot of the things I'm sure will remain highly classified, the good news is that I think a lot of the debunkers are going to be forced to kind of retroactively kind of back down because there have been so many debunkers when it comes to any information that had to do with the Wilson Davis memo and many of the government programs and it seems as if it, I, I think it would be in our best interest to exploit recovered technology no matter where it came from. And it's, I, I, I kind of am waiting for the day when 
you know, I don't, I don't want to prove a point, but I just think that without any evidence to be debunking, everything that comes out is not really a way to be in an open discourse. And kind of getting to the open discourse and connections to astrophysicist Dr. Davis, um, Hal Putoff has been doing these tech survey studies for years. And many of the things that have been at the top of his list are sort of at the forefront of what is taking place now. And um, laser lightcraft nanosatellites, uh, detection and high-resolution tracking of vehicles at hypersonic velocities. This is all stuff that he was cognitively trying to research, investigate, and promote to government entities because it does kind of seem as if the people we are talking about were aware of the process and they knew that this day was coming. Does it seem that way to you as well? Uh, they've definitely been working on this, um, working on different things. And I mean, these guys are genius scientists and they also happen to believe in UAP and kind of study characteristics of UAP. And I think they try to um, figure out how they work. You know, there's been lots of talk of the space-time bubble uh, of how they think that maybe UAP work. There was also the defense intelligence reference documents, all the DIRDs, and that was, you know, supposedly, uh, not necessarily all of them were based on UFOs. Some of them were, some of them weren't. I've talked to some of those authors, and they had nothing to do with UFOs. Others were pretty uh, blatantly about UFOs. But, um, yeah, and it's like they're trying to apply their UAP kind of uh, influence and um and motivation into some of some of the science. It's almost like, you know, uh, how sci science fiction does it, but they're trying to actually do it with hard science. So it's interesting. It's so tough because you're always going to have, when it comes to disclosure, it seems like people will always, if it's coming from the government, there's always going to be those who believe it's deception, no matter, you know, what information is provided, which makes this very difficult but going back to something you mentioned, and it really grabbed my attention, is what Lou Elizondo said that may, um, maybe we're taking it a little out of context, but the fact that aliens may have landed on Earth in 1945 and Roswell to be specific. What are your thoughts on Roswell? You know, um, when I first came into uh, the UFO um, community, you know, full bore uh, because of 2017. Um, I was reading the Annie Jacobson book. She had her theories on it. I was thinking that could have been real. Tom DeLonge was referencing that. Then I kind of threw that out. It didn't really make sense. Um, and now, um, then I was kind of off Roswell. I remember hearing comments from Valet. He was saying, we have better cases. Roswell is too popular. We shouldn't be bringing that to the public as advocates. It's corny. It's overused. And I'm, those are my words, but I'm kind of doing a synopsis here. Mm -hmm. And um, and we should kind of be off it. So I was off it for a while, and then kind of Lou started hinting at it again, and then he was really hinting at it a lot in those span of a bunch of interviews he was doing. So then I've been back on it, believing it was real now, thanks to Elizondo. Yeah, Lou, I think it's, it's hard to get stuff out of him, but when it comes out, it's fairly, in my opinion... I, it's, it's not something that you should throw out with the bathwater. And I think it's interesting because, as you said, the mainstream media and movies and Hollywood, it's almost at this point a given 
or at least in our society, socially, culturally, it's something that is accepted, even though it's not spoken of widely in public. When it's brought up, people just assume that it's true history. So I think that's super interesting. Some of the stuff that is not assumed as being or not as not as believed in mainstream media channels are some of the claims that have been made by a lot of these intelligent, bright minds. One that comes to mind is Christopher Mellon claims that there are photos of a black cube inside of a sphere. Have I have not seen these photos. Have you been able to track these down or have you heard of this? Um, I don't know if I've heard of photos specifically, but that was part of the gimbal event. Uh, allegedly, there was a lot of these Cuban sphere um, sightings on the East Coast, allegedly. Um, Jeremy Corbell first mentioned it. I wrote a blog on it many years ago, and uh, we started talking about it. It hit the UFO community hard. Then, like, six months later, it was in the New York Times. So it was cool because we had it from Jeremy Corbell and in my blog, quoting Jeremy, before the time. So we all thought, felt cool about that. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's been kind of a big deal ever since maybe 2018, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe 2019, I can't remember. But, yeah, there has been these sightings of the Cuban sphere. Then Tyler Rogaway uh, and the War Zone, they found um, plans of... I think it was, uh, um, um, I forget what they were called, but they were something that the United States government was using, and um, they li- they were basically cubes and spheres. So then, you know, the drone guys made a big deal out of that, saying that it's case solved, and these are, you know, American or from another government, um, and they're cubes and spheres. But the people like Ryan Graves, I don't know if he's actually seen one with his eyes. I can't remember what he said, but... Um, uh, you know, he's saying he thinks it's like non-human intelligence. So that's been a big deal. I don't know if there's continued Cuban sphere sightings, but it was really interesting shape, especially two shapes in one like that. So it was really cool. And we had definitely added that to the uh, alleged UAP list of shapes. Um, now we're getting octagons from the shoot downs and all kinds of different things. But uh, yeah, that that became part of UFO lore almost instantaneously. You know, but I don't know if there's photos or what. I would assume if they do exist, maybe there's gun camera footage or something like that. But I haven't heard um, any direct uh, mentions about it. Okay. Yeah, and I think it would be obviously super highly classified at this point. So um, I, I think that's a good explanation that you've given, though. It does seem very strange that they are these rudimentary shapes, you know, like things like blocks and pieces that a child would play with, a toddler, you know, it's cylinders squares, triangles, and uh, circles. And it's just so interesting. I wonder if that's a message in some way, shape, or form. And I'm glad that you mentioned the term non-human intelligence, because that really kind of gets my mind thinking in larger things. Is there a message to be learned here? And could we be talking about an alien artificial intelligence or when when you use the term non-human intelligence, where does your mind go? You know, and I need to kind of preface that, too, because I just, what I'm trying to do is, someone was just debating me on Twitter the other day, um, because, you know, we call drones in the UFO community, that means they're man-made. We say UFOs, that means they're something else. Even non-human intelligence, maybe that doesn't fit exactly accurately, because it could be a breakaway 
society of humans like Atlantis or something, and they're still humans. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to differentiate these things from, like, the weird to, like, the more normal where it would be, like, Russia, China, America, or some actual government doing it, you know, for spying reasons or whatever other reasons. Um, so that's what I'm trying to differentiate. It's kind of hard with these terms because um, we get uh, kind of – it gets muddy and we kind of get caught up in them. But I'm just trying to differentiate these main style of ideas. Back to uh, Cuban spheres real quick. I'm trying to remember what I wrote because I wrote a blog on um, the different shapes of UFOs and how they have – they're different shapes because they have different functions. Um, and I got that from a really good source many years ago. I don't remember if I put this in the blog or not or if I'm member- misremembering, but – I think some of the Cuban spheres, they were more like um, UFO drones that would maybe like fly in front of a bigger craft or things like that. Information, I don't remember if that was the claim from what the gimbal was when there's a whole fleet of them. You know, we hear that, uh, the pilots say that. I think those were supposedly Cuban spheres. And then there was the big gimbal craft, which was like a big saucer with points sticking down. And we actually have an animation of that somewhere on my webpage. Um, yeah, so that's just more info on the cubes and spheres as well. That's, that's really cool. I've got to read that blog. I love your blogs. You've always got great stuff and the military drones and even, you know, the, the civilian drones, I mean, the Skydio two civilian and military drones even have a ton of AI built into them. I mean, these things can accommodate certain flight paths and, do things that are not humanly controlled and they have tons of cameras on them. And this is just lower grade stuff that we're talking about. And the best news is they are USA made and we seem to be leading in that arena. However, speaking of that, do you believe that civilian drones, especially these Chinese made civilian drones such as DJI and others, I've seen that the FAA is requiring, I know I've had to basically register and and get certified and all this stuff to fly drones, and I have no problem with that, but I think there's a reason for that. Do you think we are going to see the limiting of that in the future? I think they're going to have to, um, especially with more and more people having them. Um, I remember thinking about this a few years ago, right when the drone thing was starting, and um, you know, I think by now we thought like, what was it be like all food delivery would be drones and stuff, but we may get there one day. Um, and it is really interesting how much damage even these cheaper drones can do. And I think in some of the other countries and in Ukraine and stuff like that, you know, they're doing serious uh, damage and killing people with inexpensive drones. And um, it's crazy how much damage can be done. And uh, people like Tyler Rogaway are correct um, when they say this is like a whole new uh, type of warfare and uh, we need to be careful with it. Big time. And, you know, as we sort of wrap up here, you're definitely staying on target and your explanations of the data are way, way beyond what I expected. I appreciate that. You're always on point. And what do you think the implications of what we are currently witnessing in the mass media are going to be? Do you think, where, where is this headed? Are we going to see a lot more of this or do you think it's going to fizzle out a little bit? You know, they asked the general that yesterday and... With the new um, filters being turned on and the new heightened press interest and all these unprecedented shootdowns, I'm hoping that if these crafts are uh, in our airspace more, 
um, whether they're from other countries or they're quote-unquote UFOs or whatever they are, that uh, we're going to be catching a lot more of them now because now they're looking for smaller things. The government is a lot more serious. They seem to be not playing around anymore because of all because of the Chinese balloon. It's really weird how this chain of events has occurred and gone down. Um, and what uh, I'm waiting to see is, like I was saying earlier, kind of that I don't even know if we should be, I should be calling it a conspiracy like I did earlier, but just the worry that people are going to start thinking that there is no UFO UAP. It's all the UFO UAP are man-made from other countries. So I'm waiting to see if that's going to happen. Um, you know, I, I've been getting excited and been on social media, Twitter a lot. I was also speculating, and this is obvious, that um, even if most of these shootdowns are, or all of them are, uh, you know, from other countries, all we need is one that isn't and that they uh, get it. And I don't know if they're going to tell us or not. There's a whole other subject going on today where the government is basically um, insinuating that they're having a lot of trouble with these recoveries, which is really interesting because we hear about these recoveries, UFO recoveries, over the decades. And um, these small things, they're like blasting them into a million pieces. Apparently, it's not um, as easy to shoot them with uh, rounds or ammunition. They're, you know, they're using missiles and heat seeker missiles and all these other types of things, and they're blowing these things up. And... Um, I guess they have the option for both, but uh, and the general explained it better than me, of course, but I guess, you know, they're using missiles. That's probably making the retrievals even harder. The one in Alaska was over frozen um, ocean. I, I haven't heard whether they got to it or not. The one in, um, I think it was in Canada, they had the United States. Uh, the general was saying they're still looking for it as of yesterday. I don't know if there's been an update on that. So we're just, we're getting to actually see insight into the crash retrieval process, which is so fascinating for me because we've been talking about crash retrieval programs, crash retrieval programs, UFOs, crash retrieval programs. Like, that's been the main topic and it's the main buzzword for years in the UFO community. And now we're actually seeing it happen. Um, and we're getting at least a little bit of a glimpse into it. I don't know how transparent the government is being about it. Some people think they're really lying a lot. And if these were actually UFOs, we'd never be hearing about any of it. Um, and then the other people are thinking maybe they're telling the truth and they're just being honest with the troubles they're having. But it's just so cool to hear about um, anything being shot down and then trying to be retrieved to me. Right. Like I thought that was super cool too, that it broke into a million pieces, hard to d define exactly what it was. A lot of interesting questions about the operational, you know, traits of this, this thing. And speaking of operational traits, I recently heard, this is kind of through the rumor mill again, however, that some of the Pentagon's next generation, sixth generation stealth fighter jets, etc., have so much AI on them that there is actually something on board which tells pilots whether UAPs are potentially harmful, neutral, or friendly. Have you heard this at all? I haven't. Um, man, you hear a lot of cool things. I got to um, start calling you more. But uh, I, the main thing I heard was that Elizondo um, quote from like 2018. So this was old and that didn't have anything to do with uh, bombers or anything like that. But he was just saying how we're able to identify drones, what make and model they are, and things like that. Now, that was his opinion. I'm sure a bunch of people would disagree with him on it. Um, but, you know, that's what Elizondo said. So that was the main thing I had heard. And I just wor uh, w wondered... Um, <coughs> How is that possible? Uh, but I guess, you know, with technology and uh, advanced technology, maybe according to Elizondo, they're able to do it. I don't know. 
but it doesn't seem to be the case in the shoot downs at least mm -hmm. so they can't identify this stuff so cool it is so cool and um let me ask you this as usual you have way more information than i expected where can people keep in touch with what you have going on read your blog and keep up with everything danny silva my old blogs are on silvarecord.com, S-I-L-V-A, record.com. I've basically stopped writing. Um, I'm just mainly a talking head on social media. If you really want to keep up with me, you can follow me on Twitter, which is Silver Record, or Instagram, Danny Silver Record. And I'm mainly just like a social media talking head now, mostly. And, um, and that's about it. If I come across a really big story that I'm really interested in, I'll be writing about it. There's a lot more people writing these days, and mainstream media is involved, and I just I don't feel like I have to write a blog about every little thing anymore, but I'll probably be talking about it on Twitter. Great research and investigation, man. Um, the topics, always the best. And the best part about it is that you are not ever, it's, it's, you never try to kind of uh, overdo it or you know, say things that are not true. So I, I appreciate your, your power to stay stable because, uh, as you said, a lot of people don't do that in this field. So everything that comes out of your camp, I always um, keep it held pretty close, and I think it's, it's good stuff. Thanks so much, Danny. appreciate you coming on with such short notice, and I hope we, we talk again soon. Thanks, Ryan. It's been an exciting time, and, uh, man, it's fast-moving, and I'm excited. I'm just waiting to see what happens next, man. Thank you. Thank you. Well, there you have it, guys. Danny Silva, he's a straight shooter. He never embellishes, sticks to the facts, does his research and investigations on the daily, and he always has a ton of information. I'm very, very interested in where this is all going to lead, and given his track record, I'm, uh, I'm going to go with Danny and his camp of what might take place here. He's definitely the guy to follow on social media. Look him up. Keep tabs on what is taking place. He's talking to all the right people. And until next time, keep your eyes to the skies, feet on the ground, but don't forget to take a look around. Time machine, third eye feeling like an evazine. Blast off, blast off, blast off, blast off. Come blast off in my time machine, third eye feeling like an evazine. Blast off, blast off, blast off.